Ed Stratman, and a familiar face to the right is Calvin Blanderin. Welcome to the MX Vice Show, guys. Cheers, James. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, James. It's good to be here. Good, good. So a little bit different this year, guys. We're um, obviously live on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch, on uh, Twitter, I think Instagram, I think everything. So... Um, Ed, obviously, welcome to the team. You're, uh, uh, if you can't tell by the accent, you're Australian. Yeah, mate. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for having us, mate. I appreciate the opportunity to um, to, to work for MX Vice, and um, it's looking looking really good. I've enjoyed enjoyed it a lot so far. Um, just want to carry on the good work that Lewis and the team have done over the years, and yeah, it was really really good process, mate. Um, Lewis was really kind helping me out when I first started, showing me the ropes. And, and then since I've taken over, you and Andrew Conway and then Ben Rumbold's come on board and they're all do, everyone's doing some great work. So, yeah, it's like a dream come true, mate, um, to be part of the team. No, that's great having you here. And um, obviously, yeah, a lot of changes at MX Vice. So um, uh, Sean and Lewis have left to go to Vital. So uh, good luck to those guys. Um, obviously, they're going to smash it. Very good at what they do. In uh, They were with uh, MX Vice for 10 and 7 years consecutively. So uh, a long old time, 17 years between them. So, um, But we've got uh, Jeremy Van Vant Ende, who uh, will be doing uh, our colleague from Netherlands. Who will be, uh, Van Ende. Fantende, sorry. Thank, thank you, Calvin. Our resident Dutch maestro. Um, <laughs> so Jeremy will be um, will be uh, at every MXGP this year, bringing us the action. So um, trust me, his video skills are are, are very very good. Um, he's been working with us already on the Monster Project series that we do. So against all odds, series two is going to be coming out around about. Uh, two weeks time so uh, keep a lookout for that one but um yeah we're going to be live uh, every tuesday night um uh, hopefully from seven o'clock on the dot we had a few technical issues uh today which is why it's not quite where we want it to be but it will be good so calvin um last week anaheim won how was it um it was it was sick really it was really really cool to experience um like like our plan was to go there you know as as we we chatted about and and i was like you know i've never been let me let me try and try and go and and uh and experience it all and it was really cool experience like i i'm so glad that i just booked a ticket and and went to watch you know that i really feel like they put on such a good show for the fans um and it was yeah it was, it was sick sick to see all the ride, riders and, and to do track walk as well was cool because when you have a perspective of the like when you watch on tv like you have a perspective of the track how it how it is and stuff um but when you walk in in real life it's so different and uh yeah it was just it was it was cool to be there no nah, that's cool and um from from your first perception kind of Obviously, you've seen the opening ceremonies. You've kind of seen that you know met some of the riders throughout the day. What's it like compared to MXGP? 
it, it has so much more pizzazz, doesn't it? Uh, it's it's so different. It's honestly so different. Like just when you walk, there's so many people there. For for one, like compared to an MHCB round, there's where there's fans. Like in 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 Anaheim, it was just so packed. I was so surprised with how busy the stadium was. And like opening ceremonies, when they turn the lights off and then everyone has their their flashlight on, and then the the ladies there singing the national anthem. Like I had goosebumps. Like it was so sick. And then, like I said, they put on such a good show for the fans. I think that's why the fans go and watch. Why there is so many people there because it's such a good show. You know, it's, it is a long day. Like I was there early from, and um, you know, for track walk and for the riders, it's a long day. But it's it's really, it, it, it runs well. It runs well. They, they put on a good show. And I hear you yeah, had an appearance on. Oh, sorry, Ed, I was going to say I heard you had a, a, an appearance on Race Day Live. That was pretty cool. I did, I did. Yeah, they asked me to go on. I don't see. I don't think they see an MXGP rider there so often. So it was cool to. Um, yeah, to be on the show, and uh, obviously I always watch the races on TV, you know, well, from home, so it was it was cool to be on the show, and I was, like, texting my family, yeah, what, watching, like, 20 minutes are going to be on Race Day Live. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, was, uh, it was cool. Yeah, and obviously with seeing all those guys race, that would have been amazing in person because the track was so brutal by the end of it, especially in the 450 main. What, what was your take seeing it live in person? It probably didn't look much fun to ride. Honestly, it looked really fun to ride. Like I'd, I've never ridden Supercross before, so it was even to like walk the track. Normally, when you walk, when I walk the track like MXGP, I can like visualize riding, and I try to like really visualize how this corner is going to be when it gets rough, and so on. But um, like like there, obviously, I couldn't really visualize it because I've never ridden a Supercross track before. Um, but to to come back to your question, like I really wanted to ride watching the guys race and, and I've always had in my head, like supercross looks really difficult, but when you, when you see it in person, I feel like I have the talent and I have the ability to, to do a lot of these, the things that a lot of the guys were doing, you know, um, it's different when you watch in person, of course, but I feel like I can, I can obviously be there one day if I put in some practice, obviously it's different with timing of the jumps and, and to do that for 20, 20 minutes or whatever they do it for is, is, is crazy. But I think with practice and stuff, I feel like I could be there and that, that kind of like motivated me and I wanted to actually try ride. And it, yeah, it was the, when the track went, got rough, I was like, Oh, this is, this is when I will do well, you know? Yeah. That's really cool to hear Calvin. So you've, you've, have you ever done supercross before? Never, never ridden it. Cause we, we're not allowed, you know, like sometimes, there's like a small supercross track in France, like on the side. Um, but like my team, the, all the teams that I've been with in the past and my team now is like, you're not allowed to ride that, you know, it's, it's too dangerous, especially with riding with motocross suspension. It's we just not allowed. And, and I was, I was at the track. Um, I got to ride when I was in the U S and, and there was a supercross track on the side and Kenny, Kenny was riding with Marshall and uh, the Hep Suzuki guys and, and Ken was like, yeah, just, just go do a few laps, you know? And I was like, uh, on this, with the stock suspension, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> but I, I wanted to, I really wanted to, but it was like holding myself back not to go and, go and ride. That's cool. So it's quite interesting because when I kind of spoke to you before, you're kind of like, um, man, I'm not sure about Supercross, but obviously going there, that's kind of whetted your appetite. For sure. It's changed. It changed a few things. It's, um, 
yeah, like like when I spoke to you before, I've never really experienced it in real life, and I thought like, ah, oh, it's really far fetched to to for me to go and learn this at 26 years old. Um, but I believe if you if you put it like if you put a lot of hard work in, then um, then you can for sure, you know, get to get to that level. Of course, I won't go there. If I want to go there and, and do go there ever, then um, I'd obviously need to put in work and and put in time on Supercross track before I can be any good. But it's, but it's a possibility. Yeah. And you obviously did some riding while you're out there too. It looked like you had a bit of fun there. It was, um, what sort of bike were you on? Did it have much done to it or just stock basically, but just for, for just for fun? Well, like going there was like a last minute thing for me. So, so when I, you know, like I was, I think I was the day before my flight, I was like, you know what? I'm actually just going to pack my gear and send an email to Yamaha maybe they have a spare bike lying around that I can use and luckily enough Yamaha um, did and I could pick up a bike and, and go ride so it was really it, it was really great how it worked out um, the tracks there are so good like I went to Parla one day and I went another day to Paris and they're really spoiled there with, with, with nice tracks and nice jumps and just it just yeah, when you think about California motocross tracks, this is how it is. You know, just perfect, perfect training conditions. Yeah, I was um, speaking to Joel Rizzi and Guadagnini recently, and they were saying how it's just like the lifestyle of motocross in America is just, it's so different. It's like a, it just encapsulates so many things. So it's probably quite a bit different to Europe and what you're used to. Did you find that? Uh, I did. Like, um, it was also a good test for me, you know, because. It, it could be something that I want to do in the future to go there and race. Um, so for me to go there and experience experience it, um, uh, I was not there for that long. I was there for just a week, but still I got to experience like the, the tracks and the lifestyle a little bit. And I enjoyed it. Um, it's a lot different to MXGP, of course. I feel like in the US, the guys are spoiled with good tracks, good weather. Um, the team is just uh, like motocross riders and or supercross riders there are just like superstars it's honestly crazy how compared to mxgp riders here like they can't walk around the pits because like i heard like people screaming for jet because you know like and it was crazy it was it really we don't experience that in, in mxgp um so it was it's a diff, complete different lifestyle but i, I for me, growing up in South Africa, I think more similar than um, Europe, for instance. I um the the, uh, the first time I went to Anaheim one was last year, and and I can completely, you know, relate to what you're saying. Mm. When I when I kind of went there, it was like four or five deep you know, outside the trucks, when Jet came on, there was girls scream, like literally Jet walked out of a, a camper and girls started screaming. Uh, it was, it was chaos. The, the other thing as well is, is in, in America, you, you seem to get more exposure, I think, um, compared to what you do in Europe. So do, do you find that as a, an MXGP rider that the Americans seem to get a lot more limelight than, than in Europe? I, I think so. I think like, like what I what I said in the beginning, like they put on such a show for the for the for the fans, and I think that's why there is so many fans at a race. And, and motocross there is so big; it's it's really so big. Like the tracks, when I went to to train there, um, the tracks are so busy. I, I couldn't believe how busy the tracks were, and you know, motocross there is, is huge, and I think that's why 
the motocross riders, the professionals get treated like like heroes and are spoiled because you know this motocross is, is just so big. So going back to uh, MXGP, um, start of season's coming up, Calvin. Um, what's the plan sort of going forward? If you you've obviously tested the uh, the twenty three bike, um, what's your first thoughts? I love it. I left, they've made a huge step forward compared to the uh, the two thousand twenty two. Um, I haven't done much testing with like. Um, with engine stuff or suspension and stuff. I've been literally riding a stock, I was riding a stock bike in the US and I was riding a stock bike here the last like month or so. Um, just because I wanted to get hours in on the stock bike, just to feel how the bike works and handles. And and then now going forward tomorrow is actually my first day of testing. Um, and then I go to Sardinia this week, end of this week, and then I'll start uh, testing some more, some more things. But like out the box the standard 450 Yamaha the new one 2023 is I was blown away by it like like dead serious like really really good bike do you think um, regarding like based on last year's bike um, is it a significant improvement out the box Um, out the box the 2022 bike I didn't really ride that much out the box but it's 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 a definitely a big big improvement Um, I I kind of set my 2022 race bike up. I changed it quite a lot from the original bike, you know, just like the seat position, um, foot pegs, like handlebars, everything kind of like that. And when you when I jumped on the, the stock bike of the 23, I was so surprised with how it was kind of similar to my 2022 race bike, which I really changed so much. So they definitely went in the right direction for me personally. And just the whole frame and, and how the bike handles, it just works a lot better. So um, uh, I was just going to say, uh, with um, the the season sort of fast approaching, the uh, what is the kind of because obviously you're on your own, you're you're the only member of the, of the Gavin Vemroy uh, team this year. So is it going to be a case of um, you know who are you riding with at the moment? Um, I'm actually working with a a, a trainer, Hayo Braca. He's, he's training like the Hassan Metal uh, guys, the European 250 team. Um, so I was I was working with him in the past when I went to 450. And then we had um, like, we've been kind of on and off and I've always been kind of working with him on the side. Uh, but now this year I'll be full time with him because of one of the reasons was because I don't have a teammate, you know. And uh, to train with his guys is always always fun, and and you just enjoy it a lot more. So he's really not like he has a lot of knowledge, and I can learn a lot from him. Um, so I'll be working with him um, on bike stuff, and um, and then with the with the Hutton Metal guys, you know that's why it's also it takes a lot of energy off when I'm when I'm planning all this kind of uh, winter prep. Um, which days you're going to like, not which days, but like which tracks are open, you know, things like this, it takes a lot of energy. So to have someone that I can rely on um, and I can just follow and then work with his guys, it's just really, it's nice. You know, you enjoy your training a lot more. Are you, um, are you sandbagging against the MX250 guys? (laughs) I didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are fast, man. Honestly, Honestly, like I sometimes they're faster than me some days. Really? Yeah. Like no, no kidding. These guys are these guys can go fast on the bike. Jeez. And it's 
it's yeah they, they i'd say half of the time they're faster than uh, than me damn who's uh, who's your tip out of you which, which one of them uh, are you kind of thinking hello he's going to be a bit of a handful when he goes up um well, this coming year, Bonacorsi is staying down, European to 50. He's going to be tough to beat, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you have the Ivano van Alp. Yeah. Dutch, uh, Dutch young rider. He's he's definitely going to be, no, he's talented. He's definitely going to be good when he gets a little older and stronger. And um, yeah, it'll be cool to see him grow this year. Bonacorsi is a strange one, hey, because obviously he done really well on the EMX 125. And um, the, he kind of got put up quite, quite, um, quite early in MX2 sort of terms. Do you think that kind of hindered him, Calvin? I mean, he hasn't really shown much in MX2 yet because he was in European last year, right? So he, he, he did really well in Europeans last year, and I expected him to to move up to MX2. So. Um, yeah, I, would, I think like like I said, he's won one European rounds before. It's going to be tough for him. Tough to yeah, I'm, I'm sure he had a- many good guys, you know, many good guys. But yeah, he's, he'll be good. Yeah, and it's been fun training training with him. You know, he's a nice nice kid. Yeah, they they both seem um, they both seem. Uh, you know, to, I'm, I'm a big Bonacorsi fan. I think he's going to do really well. I think he just needs that that confidence to um, to take it up to the next level. That's yeah. I, I kind of I'm sure he'd done a couple of MX2 races. I don't know whether it was in 21 or or 22. Uh, maybe last year, but maybe just to get his feet wet, like in the class, yeah. to get some experience. But yeah, like it, like I don't think his plan was to stay down here into 50. He was just just unfortunate with how things worked out with his contract or whatever. But yeah, it'll be good for him to to get another year of experience and yeah I mean like now going to Sardinia next week it's it's cool because when you have a group of guys training together it just makes it more fun you know instead of going to the track by yourself doing your motors and going home like it, you know you get a little bit of fun you can have, make some jokes got a little banter between the between the rides and it just when you're in a good mood you, you're right you get more quality out of your riding I feel like so um, let's let's talk a little bit about um sort of uh mxgp and also um you know sort of traveling because obviously in in the us as you probably sort of talked to, to marshall welton a few other riders when they're out there um they they are kind of like within sort of one country so yes they travel state to state it's a massive country but nothing's quite like um indonesia and uh different places like that it's when uh, how, how do you kind of cope with the traveling for MXGP? Um, you just have to get like you have to do it right. Like you, there's no other way behind around it. So, like if I'm going, for instance, now like flying to America, I would try and adjust my my like sleeping a little bit before I go, um, just to try and get get into rhythm there a little bit faster. And then same if I'm coming back like two days before, I try to. Um, you know, maybe go to sleep like really late or um, go to sleep really early. One of the two depends on where you're going. Um, and, and that, and, and to be honest, like, yeah, like I said, you have to do it. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really structured. I'm really planned. Like I, I try to have everything ready before. So I'm not rushed with packing things like that. Um, I'm quite um, organized when it comes to, to traveling and things like that. So just planning ahead, I'd say that's the that's the most important. 
that's cool and um when you when you're traveling do you have a travel buddy at all um not really like in the in the past i have i've been i was seeing a girl so i was obviously traveling with a girl um and this year my brother's coming to live with me so i'll be probably traveling with him a lot um this depends like who's around who's around me in that time and maybe a friend comes here and there and whatever you know what about maybe, um maybe you girl comes i don't know yeah well i'm coming so and um, yeah okay james james is gonna be there but you kind of mentioned uh rubini before yeah stefan like he lives in in france which is quite far away so if i know that like you know he's in the area then we would obviously travel together like some like he came to to stay with me for a couple of weeks last year and then we would travel to the rounds together the ones that are close you know like Lommel, locket germany i think that's all like kind of same time yeah um and then and then uh, he would come stay at my house for a couple of weeks and then uh, we traveled together to the races but most of the year he's he's living in france but i'd say like he's um, probably like my best friend in the in the paddock who i would travel with yeah. Cool. Well, well, talking of talking of Rubini, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, he's joined. Here he is. Hey, buddy. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Good. So, uh, Calvin says you're really good friends. Yeah, I agree with him. He's like also my. Uh, uh, I'm a, as a friend. Uh, cool, you're cutting out a little bit. I don't know whether it's me or it's the other guys. Can you hear? Can you hear? Depends where you are. <laughs> it's, it's the French. The French Wi-Fi isn't great. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> so, um, so what's what's Calvin like to to travel with? Well, it depends. Ben. Oh, you're cutting out for me. To be, I'll, I'll answer that question. I'm, like, <laughs> he sleeps everywhere. Like, he gets in the car and he's passed out. Like, he doesn't, <laughs> like, he doesn't, like, talk so much. He puts good music. Like, we have the same taste of music, so that's cool. But, um, like, whenever there's a chance to sleep, you, you'll find him, like, eyes closed and, and uh, snoring. Is is that right? Eyes closed and snoring a lot. You sleep a lot. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess I, I do. I guess. I... Yeah, don't lie because I have proof. Proof. Video proof. <laughs> so, um, so when you guys are at MXGP, obviously, to it must be easier, kind of being able to hang out, but um. This was, I guess, before you guys were 4.50 MX2, and now you guys are uh, going to be competitors. Yeah. I, I, I think, uh, um, you know, the track is a thing. And then on the other uh, I always have respect for, for him. So um, it's to, just to battle with yeah, I, I, same for me. Like uh, when you when the helmet's on, and like he's not my friend, but like obviously out of the track we will be mates, and I think I can really separate that um, compared to some other riders. But um, yeah, for me, like I said, if he's in front of me and and um, I need to pass him, I'll 
I'll do my best to pass him, and if it's aggressive, then aggressive. But um, yeah, off the track, then we'll be mates and whatever. If we fight, we fight, and then we'll be friends again for sure. Hey, it's it's great for the vlog. It's great for the vlog, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. For the <laughs> everyone so, loves everyone loves a bit of bit of bit of uh, rivalry, you know. Oh yeah, rivalry and monster girls. <laughs> that's just you James <laughs> don't my wife's probably watching this Calvin <laughs> well you mentioned it don't <laughs> so um, so uh, next year Stephen obviously um, it's uh, it's going to be tough in MXGP uh, how's pre-season going for you oh uh, uh, it's not really because I got a surgery in September for my my uh, AC and uh, well, try to to do, to to get back. On. Uh, I did a lot of cycling rehab uh, to put them in my leg. I mean, so now I'm waiting to go back on the bike. I just hope it, it will be soon. Okay. So, um, will you be missing Argentina? Uh, um, sadly, uh, uh, to me, it is like, like it's the best. Oh, uh, uh, sadly, I will miss this GP and. Yeah, it's going to it's going to be a tough one. Argentina tracks a fantastic track. Um, Calvin, um, you obviously missed it last year, so I bet you're itching to get back this year. Yeah, I am, and it's a, it'll be a first round, so there's always extra um, like um, first race jitters, you know. But it's excite excitement, hype, things like that. So I mean, I'm ex- I'm excited to go there. Like Stefan said, it's one of the most beautiful places to go to. Um, I, I really enjoy it there. Um, track is not my favorite. I mentioned that in the past. That's all just the, the speeds are so, so high. So that doesn't really, I, I like a little bit slower and more technical tracks. This is like full gas everywhere, but it's the same for everybody. But it's, it's, it's a nice, I think a really nice track to practice and to ride, but to race is something different. But it's cool, cool venue. Yeah, it should, it should be good. Are you gonna? Are you two gonna keep up the vlogs? Because you obviously did AJ did some with AJ last year, mate. So maybe you could be a, a new partnership, you lads. Uh, uh, it was nice. Uh, some of the vlogs and uh, so I would have uh, 2020. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, I'm doing this project with MX Vice, the vlogs, so um, I think it will be quite cool. Quite cool if everything comes together and, and planned like it should. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we, have, we have some content already, um, but we obviously, yeah, the season will, will get going and we try to, um, to to let it flow, you know. It's, it's not easy to do these vlogs, though. Like, it's a lot of planning and a lot of... Uh, like people just think, ah, oh, just film. It's easy, but it's it's if you want to do it properly and professionally, you have to put a lot of, a lot of energy into it, and you have to yeah think about it a bit. 
So, yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, this this uh, this this. Uh, you know, everything works out with MX Vice and, and we can get the, the series going. I think it'll be really cool for people to see a little behind the scenes and and a bit of my person personality off like off the motocross track. Yeah, we've been doing some work already in the in the preseason, so um, we got we got some content ready for uh, episode one. I'm sure we're gonna have to uh, contact Fell to see if we can get the old uh, race day live to get you on there as well. So that'd be pretty cool. I'm sure we can get that. I'm sure we can yeah. get that. The guys from Fold are really nice, like really cool to meet them and and to have a chat with them. Yeah, huge thanks to um, Sean Brennan for um, you know he's uh, he's been really really good over the years to uh, mx vice and sorting his passes and stuff so um does a great job over there in feld um so thank you sean appreciate it um so uh yeah this is obviously the mx vice show brought to you um by as3 even strokes and as you can see in the bottom corner uh arma energy so um calvin this year is going to be an arma ambassador for uh for Armour, which is pretty cool. So he's going to be using the, um, the products. If you haven't used Armour before, then uh, head over to evenstrokes.com. Uh, they will be able to uh, answer any questions about nutrition, bits and pieces and stuff like that. Uh, not me, because obviously I don't look like somebody who takes Armour. But... Um, <laughs> and it doesn't do anything for your hair so um but it's calvin perfect so um yeah I'll, I'll definitely do i'll definitely do some videos in the future with explaining like what i what i take and and what's the benefit of it and all that kind of stuff i think it's cool for people to to uh, to see yeah that's cool i mean uh one of the armor ambassadors is obviously um ac and did you manage to catch up with him whilst you're in um in america I did. I saw him on track walk, but like, you know, when it's, there's so many people and, and, you know, his first race, I didn't want to take too much, too much of his time. So I said how's it to him and, and I uh, wish him all the best for the day, but I didn't really have a, have a long chat to him. It was, um, it was pretty cool as well because obviously, um, uh, I'm sure like you guys, uh, every MXGP, uh, rider seems to be interested in supercross. We, we done literally, uh, we contacted uh, 40 or 50 MXGP riders. I reckon within about 20 minutes, everybody got back with their predictions for um, Anaheim. So um, it's amazing, isn't it? The, the, you know, the, the respect between um, both both sets of riders in MXGP and in America, because obviously, you know, we speak to um, uh, the American riders quite a lot and, and, you know they are, are so respectful towards the mxgp riders mm. so it's quite nice to have that respect on both sides of the pond yeah stefan can answer that <laughs> <laughs> no for sure they they, they have so many things that they are doing is so huge it's a investment in life and uh, uh yeah, well, it's for Europeans. It's a, it's a. Uh, so um, you have like this respect, like between us in Europe. If we don't, have, so uh, it's good to to someone else like this. Yeah, yeah, it's like, um, I think 
like respect just comes from both both sides like when i chat to them they're all interested in mxgp and they really they watch most of the races and you know like a lot of them actually want to come and experience the, and race mxgp and whereas the mxgp guys just want to go and race ama you know so it's quite it's quite funny to to see that side but um like supercross is completely different to motocross and I, I found that out when i was there um complete different sport uh racing is completely different um but yeah, it's, it's, it's cool that we have, that I've in the past gotten these friendships of the guys there in the U S and, and, um, you know, gotten to learn a little bit about how they, how everything works there and, um, and how they are there. So yeah, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Um, one thing I'm interested in, obviously we, we spoke a little bit about it, but I want you to watch this, uh, Calvin. Round eight of the FIM Motocross World Championship then brings us to Sardinia <laughs> and the circuit of Riola Sardo. Calvin Villanrum on pole for the first time in his career. It's Villanrum. This time he goes to the inside and he finally makes the pass happen. And he commits and there bar to bar. He makes it stick. Villanrum now third. Prado under attack all of a sudden. The Dutchman goes through and takes second place away from the Spaniard. This is Villandrin's race to win. Takes the lead with a lap and a half to go. And he wins a race one here in Sardinia. Talk us through that, buddy. Um, yeah, where do I start? It was just such a, such a good... Um, yeah that feeling when you cross the finish line is, is, is incredible. And like, that's, that's literally all you work for your whole life. And then to, to have that really, um, you know, come, it's my dream, you know, so when, when you accomplish something like that, it's just insane. Um, it's, there's no words for it. And that's where like on the, when you, when you, when I was standing on the podium afterwards, you just, you're thinking about all the, the, the injuries you've had, all the times where you like the, the really shitty, shitty days where you don't feel like doing it anymore. It was all worth it, you know? And still like when I watch it, I just get goosebumps because it's just, it's, it's incredible. There's no other word for it. It was, it was such a sick day. And now like trying to do it again is going to be even tougher. Um, but I'm, um, you know, that's, that's, I've done it once, so why can't I do it again? <laughs> I th I've got to be honest, I don't think enough was said about that performance, because I think if you look at any other sport and, and I, I, I'm not being disrespectful for your team, but um, it is kind of a privateer team, isn't it? So it's kind of, you know, you're, you're one rider. I mean, last, you know, what one rider you've kind of, yes, you've got support from Yamaha, um, but it's not factory. Mm. So yeah. like, yeah, I mean, like um, given the resources that your team and yourself have and you beat every factory rider, I, you know, it's an incredible story. If, if, if that was in terms of MotoGP or Formula One, you know, the, everybody would just be like, you know, the internet would break down. Mm. Like, yeah, I, I can't really, I can't really say much about it. My team did really well to get me a good bike last year. Um, I was comfortable in the sand, like like I showed, and and I think um, mentally I was I was ready for it there. You know, like I, the team the team does a lot, but at the end of the day, it is the rider that has to, to put in the work, and um, you know that 
you have to do the work when the team is also not watching when you know off the bike things like that to to be 100 so um yeah definitely grateful to have a good team behind me but it, it was definitely a special day and i did get a lot of um a lot of um what's the word exposure for it i did feel like a superstar afterwards just for, just for a day and then it was back to normal my, my favorite part was the shoey <laughs> yeah, you got to do a shoey. That's an Aussie thing, right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah that is an Aussie thing. Ed, you got to appreciate that. Yeah, mate, it's uh, respect to you there for that one. It was <laughs> it was capped, capped off the moment nicely. I've always like I'm a big fan of um, Daniel Ricardo, Danny Rick. So whenever he's on the box, he always does a shoey. And I've always said, like, man, when I win a GP, I got to do a shoey, and then. Uh, I was up there and I was like, I got to do it. But my sat, my boot was full of sand, you know, as you can imagine, <laughs> full of sweat after doing 35 minutes in the sand. It, it sounded so, a good idea at the time. Uh, <laughs> it still tasted good. Let me tell you that. It still tasted yeah. good. It's I funny. You said you were going to get drunk afterwards. Did you actually do that? I didn't. I had. I didn't. I had one. I had. I, didn't, I don't even think I had a beer. Like maybe I had one beer, but I, I went straight to bed. I was. I was knackered. I was really tired. I mean, that emotion, obviously, after the first race, we've seen that, you know, with, you know, you cross the line, literally just, you know, ecstatic at that win. But then to go out and do get a 1-1, that's that's just got to feel so good. Hmm. Yeah, I was I was calm. I was calm after the first race. I I knew that I still had a job to do and the job wasn't over, you know, and I think um i kind of just reset i had like a small little nap um trying to reset and, and go again for the second motor i obviously was confident because the first motor i came from the back i had to pass a lot of guys and and i felt like it was um it was not easy but it was um you know i was riding well and i felt comfortable and i was fitter than everyone else i really i really believed that and um i knew for the second race like I was planning to get an even better start, so make my life a little bit easier. And then when I went, when I got in the in the front, I did have a better start. When I got in the front early, um, I just made my laps and and did it. So yeah, it was a very special day. Approaching the uh, the new season, Calvin. Obviously, uh, you're going back to Rayola as well. It, 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 you is your mindset changed? I mean, are you going into that round thinking? I, you know, I'm going to win this. Um, it's so far away, so it's difficult to think about that now. You know, but like, I want to, um, I want to think that leading up to the race. You know, I want to first get this testing behind my back, get comfortable with the bike. Um, you know, I still, ha- I'm not really in that that block yet of putting in my intensity and my training with the speed and 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 things like that. So the season is long; you can't peak too early. Um, so I'm trying to, it's I'm trying to not be 100% ready for the first round so that I can be 100% ready in, late in, in the season, which is my plan always. And Riola is the second round. Um, of course, um, I want to go there feeling ready and, and wanting to battle for the win. No, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And what about Steph? Do you want to battle for a win in Riola or not? I know you love the sand. <laughs> I man, I. I love it. Actually, I was so happy for my results. I was so happy because, like, it was 35 degrees. It was, and 
it felt like it looks so easy. <laughs> I mean, for real, I, I was like, I better just quit sand to write sand. I've never, I'm never. <laughs> but like, Steph was, Steph was on the box the weekend before on Majora. Yeah. And uh, I said to him there, like, oh, like, no, congrats. Um, I was like, yeah, but next weekend is my turn. Like, exactly. <laughs> I remember saying that. Remember saying that to him before. Yeah, yeah. You said, you said that. You said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the thing you, you said, being on the podium and, and seeing all the 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 bad moment, the flashbacks. You know, it's real. It's it's real because that when I I got on on the podium, you no. Know, I've walked it was just yeah it's, and that. yeah James you don't have that on camera for us to see no I don't I didn't I didn't line that one up do you know we um I, I'm going to get you guys oh, back hey. on again I know. I'm going to get you guys back on again because we've got a whole section which is going to be hilarious. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting you guys back on. We had a couple of technical difficulties with this. Uh, see, he's laughing because he knows what's coming up. It's going to be good. Um, okay. But last year, ninth in the World Championship in MX2. Obviously, EMX250 champion as well. You've got to be happy with what you achieved in MX2 last year. Even uh, we are now, um, so I had to uh, to yeah, I got confidence back to vice European champion. But then I had, which was uh, very yeah, I to to but to yeah. It, just um, and to find suitable year, uh, first podium, I could fight with and the uh, emotions. Uh, I wish maybe a little bit, it was my best season in MX. It's um we we gotta get his internet fixed next time he comes. I know, <laughs> I know. Just trying to pick it up. Um, so was, sorry, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Don't worry. It's fine. We'll right. get out, we'll get we, outside last we, time. We know we know how it is in France. It's all good. <laughs> Come on. I was gonna say, did you want to stay in MX two another year, ideally, Stephen, or or were you ready to move up? You felt anyway. Well, my time in MX2, I'm uh, really happy to step up to, to, to uh, I have a great, great team to do. Uh, so, um, really hard to, to, to my and then I will see how it's going during this. Um, yeah, I think like, on, on the side of my, my head, you know, like we were talking about 
USA and it'd be nice to to ride to 50. That's cool. What, what about you, Calvin? Are you? What's your opinion on the age rule and that in in MX2? Are you for it, against it? I've had I've had a few chats with some some guys like Monticelli who said he's not a fan of it. Yeah, I, I'm. I agree. I agree with Evo. Like, I'm not a big fan of this. I think. I think the it will just widen it a little bit. You know, I think some MXGP guys would want to go back to 250s, and um, you know, I think it. It shouldn't be. In, I think Europeans, okay, you know, it's, there's a, it's fine that there's an age, age rule, age rule there. But I feel like when um, MX2, I, th- I don't think there should be an, uh, an age, an age. Oh, I'm not, not really for it. Well, especially when you see guys like Christian Craig winning a Supercross title, you know, thirty and the two fifty, yeah. it would probably like elevate the the class a bit too. In in some ways, having having those really elite guys being able to ride and the guys that don't that don't suit a 450 particularly well. I remember him mentioning guys like Boutron as well, saying that, you know, he, he would have obviously been probably had a better career if he stayed. So it's yeah, sort many, of does many riders. And I think yeah, I think it'll be it'll be so cool for MXGP to to change that. Um, because it would it'll make MX2 more exciting for people to watch. You know, many people that I speak to um, you know they watch MXGP, but they don't really watch MX2. You know, and, and I think like maybe bringing like having this change, and it would be so cool for this for MX2 to have some more competition, or maybe some some big names in MXGP going back to 250 to race. And I think it would just yeah, it'll it'll elevate the MX2 class, and I think that it will be good, be good. But I mean, obviously there's there's an age rule for a limit, for a reason, and and we're not we're not the ones in charge. So we kind of have to go by the rules. But if you ask me personally, I don't, I don't, I don't like the rule. I think it should be open, like in the in the US. Yeah, I, I suppose it would probably make for a, a better quality of competition because that's one sort of criticism I've heard that the, the perception, like you say, is it's more of a, a kids younger younger man's class. So the racing mightn't be as elite as MXGP. So even though it's still really good, but yeah, it's interesting to hear your opinion on that because that's something that's sort of. It's definitely a divisive topic across the paddock. So, cheers for your thoughts. Yeah, I think like MXGP will always stay like the the class, you know. But I feel like if if I look at the 250 class in the US, um, a lot of the riders there are earning on good salaries, um, and there's and it's compared to the, the 250 guys in the GPS, you know, you you don't. There's a big difference with that, huge difference. And I think with having this age gap, this is why, you know, because teams look at MX2 riders as, as you know, like you said, the young men as an MXGP guys as the, the big class, the men. But I still believe MX2 guys should be getting paid good money and um, and not just not just, it's not just a stepping stone to go to the 450 class. I feel like it should be a class on its own and MXGP and MX2 should be equal and not one is higher than the other, you know? 
Yeah, I, I completely agree with you, Calvin. I think um, if you look back to the 80s and 90s, you know, everybody wanted to be a 125, 250 or, or a 500 world champion. It, You know, each one of those was, you know, an incredible achievement. And we've seen some, you know, fantastic uh, world champions, over, you know, over that time. The, the fact that MX2 doesn't get seen as, as a, you know, as good a class as MXGP because of the way that, it, that they're trying to build it up. I think, um, you know, MX2 riders, you, you, you know, they, they need their own platform. They need, you know, higher salaries. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and I just think of Stephen as well, like, you know, sorry, yeah, completely forgot that in um, 2019, sorry, you're a vice world champion. Um, I remember Sweden very well. So um, I was working there at the time, so I, sh- I shouldn't have forgot that. But um Obviously, he'll, he'll take it. He'll take yeah, it. Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I mean, let, let's he'll just brand it. I mean, everybody would have forgot by 19 anyway, so we'll just call you European champion anyway. Forget it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but would you would you like to stay in MX2? Like I said earlier, you know, I'm in, in MX2 and um, 450, but 250 bikes. Are really uh, uh, and the age rule is also so like not so good in terms of uh, how can I say it like, like for the fans you know like, like two guys this year fighting for the and then we had a big girls so for the, it's really different and no one and like like of the of the uh dynamics to do it it's it's, a, it's kind of a joke you know three riders were dropping so low for the young rider has come it's kind of out you know to to live for from I um, you know, we we've all got our own opinions. My opinion um, on the age rule is that um, I think it should, you know, you the only way that you should have to um, I scrap the age rule. Literally, if you win the world championship twice, then then go up. I think that's you know that's good enough for that class. But I I genuinely think there's riders which are more suited to two fifty, and we're just watching them vanish because they can't get that four fifty ride. Um, they can't ride MX2. All that happens is they become a, a national rider, and that's it. And it just means all that hard work, everything you've put into the sport, and suddenly when you didn't get that 450 ride, that's it. It's, it's done. Yeah, I think like the like Stefan was saying, the depth of riders is just there's so much more in MXGP, and that's that's it's so difficult for like even a good MX2 rider to get an MXGP ride. You know, it's really tough. Um, and I feel like if that change, if that rule would ever change, you would see a lot of MXGP guys going to MX2, going back to 250, just because they enjoy the racing a lot more. Um, in one, it's a little bit easier because there's less competition, and um, you know they they can run up front. Whereas in MX2, for example, MXGP, for example, they would be around the 10th position. Where in MX2, they could be winning. You know what I mean? So you get a lot more exposure when you have the front compared to when you're running 10th place. What, but, what do- Oh, I was yeah. going to say, what do you guys think about um, obviously the the EMX 450 um, going? 
Oh, the MS class. Uh, sorry, not EMX 450. Um, the uh, European um, Open. The MX Open class. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like they should just take this take this class away. Like, uh, rather rather get more guys on MXGP than have guys. You know, MXGP should be the forty for the fortieth forty fastest riders on the gate. And if you look at back in the day, you used to be you used to have to qualify for the to make the the races. You know. Yeah, it's a big, a big difference compared to back in the day when uh, it should be the, the fastest forty riders, MX two, MX MXGP, and not these European uh, four fifty classes or whatever. I, I I think so. Yeah, we I, I know sort of on on past podcast shows we've kind of spoke about um, whether the top uh, EMX two fifty and the top um, uh, uh, European Open class. Should should have gone into MXGP and, and MX2 respectively to fill up those spaces, but obviously then when people are trying to get championships within those uh, classes, it becomes a little bit difficult. But surely both of those classes could become a breeding ground to, um, you know, to to fill those gates from say twenty five down to forty. Uh, Ed, do you watch a lot of MXGP or? What do you what do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, I watch all of it. Yeah, watch, watched all the AMX, all the MX two. Yeah, so it's yeah. It, I guess it's like if you want to win a championship and you're good enough to do MX two, you can you can stay in AMX and win a championship, then go up. But yeah, like there's some. It's good. There's a lot of fast guys going up. Obviously, the MX two, the Conan brothers, and things like that. But um, yeah. it's just it probably. I know that they want to obviously have that MXGP as the absolute top tier, the best mm-hmm. of the best. And they probably see that that age rule taking it away would be a threat to the quality of that class. Obviously, like you guys, you know, Calvin and Steve, Stephen, it's going to be super hard to, to top 10. It's like, it's pretty crazy, yeah. the Olympic competition. So they've got that right. But um, it, it almost does neglect a little bit the MX2, which, you know, it, it is an elite class in its own right, but it could elevate even higher. So... Yeah, yeah, it's a really tough one to, to work out the changes because we're, we're not the powers that be. But I know that they're obviously working on making things better as a whole, like probably a better TV package, probably have mm. a better presence, give you riders a better presence, give you guys more help getting to the GPs financially because it's a very difficult thing to do to travel around the whole world because they want that credibility of the world championship. So, um it's just whether it's just working out for them what changes they believe are the priorities and yeah. whether they ask input from you guys or not is is a different question um because mm. i'm i'm not you guys but um it just it'd be interesting to see because to raise the profile of the sport as a whole and the car and the and the championship there's there's definitely probably a bit of work to be done speaking to the riders and and people in the in the know yeah I think like um, the system, the whole system with like European 65, 85, 125, European 250, this is really good. And I think like if I compare it to the US, like their amateur series isn't so good where they have the minios and the red lens. Okay, it's busy, a lot of riders, but it's like one event where I feel like, yeah, they do really well, like a really good job with like, I mean, I went through it. I did the European 125, European 250 deal before I went to MX2 and MXGP. So I did the whole thing, and I think that's really good for for riders to do. Um, but I do understand what you're saying with MXGP wanting to have 
like the main class MXGP, like Formula One, where you have Formula Two is like many, you know, the smaller version, and then you have Formula One, which is the, the main the main thing. So I think that's kind of what they what they want to do with it. But I, I feel like, yeah, MX2, MX, when it was MX2, MX1, it was more of like a, you know, um, it was kind of balanced. But now with being MXGP, I feel like it's, they put a lot of focus on on this as the main class. Um, but also with, with that, like I, I chatted to, um, to Sean, uh, Brennan from Feld about it and spoke to him a little bit about it. And he, they have a meeting every two weeks with the teams or with all the teams. And that's, that's really interesting because in MXGP, we don't have that. Um, you know, they, 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 they stick, they like to stick to what they, what they do. And, and I, I think we all respect that, but I think a lot of teams, um, feel like they need to be respected a little bit more or, you know, listened to a little bit more because a lot of the teams are on the same side. They all, we all know what's, you know, what the teams want and things like that. It's kind of, um, I wouldn't say teams against MXGP that not, but I feel like with, um, with Fold listening to him is like he, they have every two weeks meeting with, with all the teams to try and make them happy. Uh, with making teams happy, you make riders happy. With riders happy, they're going to go happy to the race, to race. And with riders being in the race, you're going to get the fans to show up, you know. So it's it, it all, they've thought about it really well and they, they have a good system. And I, yeah, it was just interesting to to hear that they, they have a meeting every two weeks with, with all the teams to hear what's what's good, what's not good, what they can improve on. And, and then listen to them to try and help, to try and make the teams happy. Yeah, that'd be definitely something to be implemented. And then if you obviously maybe not like take anything away from MXGP, but shine a bit more spotlight on MX2 and then you don't have those gate problems where you've got like 15, 10 guys on a gate, you raise the profile, you raise the competition and everything. So because, for example, if you had guys like you'd probably have Wilson Todd and Jed Beaton and all these really good Aussie guys who obviously things happen, injuries happen and ageing out and then working out a ride and if the ride's not good enough. So if you had those guys, say, for example, the championship would be a lot more competitive and probably have a lot more interest. And you'd have lots of mates like that, both of you guys that are in the same boat. So hopefully maybe they can start chatting to you guys and get your opinions more in the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's been it's been going. I don't want to talk badly about it, but it's been it has been going negatively the last couple of years, um, and that's it's getting just more and more. It's been tougher, tougher for every team every year because it's getting more expensive, um, you know. And it's just yeah, it's tough to see tough to see it, it go a little bit down. But I mean, stay, I think we all have to just stay positive. And and MXGP is doing a good job. You know, they 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 have a good good system still running and and um yeah hopefully this year there's going to be a good championship yeah it sounds like they got some good um i think they they have listened to to riders teams in in the media and i do believe they're going to be doing a lot more on on race days with um doing more stuff in the pits uh involving the riders and the teams um trying to connect uh those dots between um obviously fans coming in uh it'd be interesting to see how they bring that in and they do um uh, the, bring the digital aspect into it. We're live within the pits as well. I, I, I kind of feel like it's kind of missing that whole um, 
like it's great that you've obviously got Paul uh, in the TV booth and, you, and you've got Lisa kind of uh, around on the track. But I think um, for a fan, I think it'd be really cool if you could have like a bit of a breakdown show um, with a couple of people kind of talking live and in, in, in talking to the crowd. I mean, the commentators, you know, uh, you, you go to Holland uh, or sorry, you get in Netherlands or Belgium or, or France and um, it, it's obviously very difficult if you're from any other country to to kind of understand what, what's going on. So mm-hmm. I think um, that's one thing what America has. America, they, everybody speaks the same language. Um, it's, you know, regarding logistics, it's very easy to, to you know, you could drive everywhere. I know it's, you know, a long drive, yeah. but it's not like you're, you're constantly flying with, 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 you know, the whole setup. So, you know, they do a great job. I think it's just, I, I guess now, I think with um, how MotoGP is, with with what Felder doing with Supercross, the Super Motocross coming in, I think now's the time for MXGP or in front to say, okay, we can see what's, you know, everybody's raising their game. That's great. Um, we're about to, you know, take it up a few steps as well. So hopefully they come out swinging this year and um, they do give the riders a lot more exposure in the teams. They try try to be quite innovative with um with what they're doing to try and you know get some new um some some fresh blood into uh into the sport and kind of eyes on um what you guys do because again from the outside i don't think you guys get enough credit for what you do and you definitely don't get paid enough for what you do mm-hmm. on, on this side of, of of the ocean um i've got a couple of questions actually uh, this is from uh, the voice of the drunken people. Um, Calvin, what's the gnarliest track in the GPs aside from Lommel? And will you ever come and race in the US? Um, the gnarliest GP, gnarliest track. Uh, to, to be honest, like, I don't really know. don't really know. Like, we had, we had a round in Indonesia a couple of years ago. In uh, Bangkok, Penang, the first year we went there, it was it was an absolute shocking. Like it was it was terrible. I think that was the gnarliest one that I've been to. Like it was like a scrapyard. They just made like a little track in the, in the back. That's literally the, how it was. And it was raining the whole weekend. We went there in the middle of rain season. It was it was. Well, I remember like if you see videos, I think it was 2018. Did Simpson you, win that one? 17. I, I don't 17. know. 2017 and you see everyone getting stuck in that one area because it was like like i don't know sinking sand or something and everyone getting stuck that was that was probably the gnarliest gnarliest one okay and yes you'll probably see me in the u.s racing one day Ah, okay so that's uh so is that on the bucket list before uh you retire or you actually kind of eyes on it maybe next year no i can't say too much (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna have to investigate this one <laughs> no like it, it's something that i've has been on the bucket bucket list uh to race in the u.s so um yeah it'll, it'll be cool to race there and, and to experience experience that lifestyle maybe, cool. sooner, what, what, maybe sooner maybe sooner than later yeah what, what are both of your guys aims for next year obviously you had your first win Calvin and you, Stephen, with your podium. So things are looking upwards, obviously, for 2023 once you get recovered from your injury for you, Stephen. So what are your guys' both um, expectations for the new year and new season and the hopes? Uh, for me, uh, 
you know, for 50. So it's um new, new bike, uh, new competitor. I will just have to learn. Everybody won a race, and I will be fighting with champions. But uh, I, I to be able to get close, like at some point, uh, and so. Yeah, for for um, for me, my goal is to be. Um, I, I finished seventh in the championship, which was my goal was to be top seven, and I feel like I did have, you know, the occasional good good race, but I also had the, you know, the occasional bad race where I was outside the top ten or whatever. So I want to just be consistently, consistently there each each round. I'm, I'm definitely going to put in some work on the hard pack. Uh, this winter, this coming uh, couple next two months, and and try to improve in that. Uh, that was where I was lacking in 2022, and um, I know my sand skills are, are good, and and hopefully can can be fighting for podiums um, in the sand. And uh, I want to try and be able to fight for podiums on hard pack too. So um, I want to be consistently there. Um, I wouldn't say. I mean, you never know. You never know. I could be going for the title, um, but I would. I would like to be consistently inside the top five and uh, being around the, the the top five in the championship. Cool. Yeah. What what preseason races are you going to be doing? Have you locked in your your schedule and everything yet? Um, yeah, I'll be doing the Italian championship. There's two rounds. Um, the first track I haven't heard of before, and the second one is Arco. Uh, so that's that'll be good practice because we have a GP there in the the months to follow. So um, yeah, that'll be good. And then I'll do there's a Dutch Dutch round, Dutch international round uh, the weekend before Argentina. So then I'll do that one. So those those yeah. three. Yeah. So you'll probably, you'll be up you'll be up against the gas gas guys are definitely doing that. What the Italian stuff Guadagnini was saying. So you'll have some definitely stiff competition, which will be prime you for the new season. Well. Yeah, for sure. I think there'll be many guys doing doing these Italian championship races. It's always good to to get some race uh, race time under your belt. Like bike works differently. Um, obviously, you have stress yourself. Um, training is always different to racing, so it's, it's it'll, it'll be good to to get that race time. I know that there is a there is a French international race um, after the second Italian. So I will see how those two Italian races go. If I feel like I need that extra race, then uh, I will also do the, the French, the French international. Uh, I've got some other questions. Um, uh, you guys obviously are, are, are well-placed to answer these. Uh, Callum Crossland is how big a difference do you think the MX class changes are going to have on the MX2 and MXGP class lineups? I guess this is because EMX Open is is not going to be happening in 2023. And I believe they've got a, a 21 limit on EMX 250 now. So um, it's going to push... Uh, some of those EMX 250 guys up to MX2, which could potentially, um, you know, increase the lineup. So I've also heard that um, they're going to be reducing um, some of the rangs to 300 euros, I believe, or uh, I need to get some clarification from MXGP. But I, I kind of heard that maybe there was going to be some sort of help towards certain riders. So um, so obviously get more people into MX2. Um, I, I, I guess from a rider's point of view, it's it's 
I guess, Calvin, you haven't got to worry about um, the entry fees, but, you know, £10,000 per year to enter uh, the World Championship is is, is a lot of money for, um, for a rider nowadays, especially when you're not actually earning any money through prize money or, or you know, you're, you're starting well, to... Exactly. That's the thing. Like, it's a lot of money. Uh, there should be an incentive to it. You know what I mean? Like, if you feel like you're good enough to race MXGP or MX2, you'll be happy to to pay that money if you're getting a top 10 and you're getting some money back or, you know, you're getting some podium and you're getting some money back. But if you if you think of the teams or all the riders that are they're paying for it, um, you know, you're paying it and you all you're hoping for is to maybe get the money back the following year by getting a, a deal, you know. There's no incentive to that that round you know if i think about that's why a lot of riders are going to like the race the adax and and the, the french championship and things like that because you pay or you all have to pay a little bit of money to start there's always an entry cost but there's an incentive to if you do well and uh, that's the difference and i think yeah it's it's expensive it's expensive for teams and for for the riders to pay that um, but hopefully, like, like you say, hopefully it gets they they decrease it, and it'll be good for the sport if they do, because then you'll see a lot more riders coming, a lot more. So obviously a, de- a decrease in uh, the the cost to enter, but how, how, where do you sit on things like prize money from a for yourself in in, in fused, um, Stephen? Um, obviously prize money any money is a help because um obviously you get your salary and sponsors and bonuses and bits and pieces and it sounds like you're probably both millionaires right now but i'm guessing that you're not but um from from a prize money point of view is that something you welcome um i would welcome it with both hands (laughs) (laughs) pay pay me the money no No, show me the money Seriously, like, like there, there got to be like an incentive. To, like, we're risking our lives here. Come on, like, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. We tra- we're training. Same. They they do PCT and and the fans see the riders just don't get any. So um, Alvin was talking about about ADAC and everything, you know, and yeah, uh, from the result we get money, you know. Uh, uh, some riders also meet more French champions. I mean, I will have the press because of that. I more money doing French piece. Um, we've got uh, some some questions which are coming in on screen here. Um, uh, Jared Hutton's basically said they need to do anything. Um, they need to do anything to bring more eyes and interest to the MX2 class mainly, but the series in general, even MXGP in the format, is lacking compared to AMA. Just copy AMA for now. So um, yeah, Jared obviously thinks uh, some changes need to be made. Um, Richard Brown is put, what's the main reason top 10 riders in EMX don't enter GP class? Cost, I guess. That's cost, yeah. Yeah, I mean, 300 euros versus a uh, thousand euros is is a considerable difference. So hopefully, I, I need to speak to MXGP and see if it, you know that's going to happen this year, and get some clarification. But I'm guessing if they can reduce it for certain riders, then um, 
you know. Why, why for certain riders? Why can't I just? I don't know. I, I need to. Uh, I need to get my facts straight before I talk about this stuff because um, it's kind of like stuff I heard sort of you know floating around last year where um, uh, they were going to try and encourage um, EMX riders, I believe, which were going up um, that, you know, for the first year, it's it's 300 euros or something. So I I kind they of should, think that... I just have like, they should like, make like a... Um, like if you score so many points in EMX in the European, you get like a free entrance to race a GP or something like this. Now, how cool yeah. would that be? Yeah, that like, would be... If you, you know, if you score so many points or you get so many top tens or top fives or whatever you do, um, then you get a chance to race a GP for free. And that, how cool would that be for European riders to work towards? You have something to work towards, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think. Championship. Yeah. What did you say again, Stefan? <laughs> Sorry. They used to do on that 150 championship yeah true yeah so when when you won the european uh 150 with the honda then you got to race mx2 for free the year after or something like that yeah that's cool i mean i i don't think there's that many things they need to change to um take the championship forward it's just a couple of little things which um you know, little tweaks to the series. Like I said, it sounds like they're going to do some really good stuff within the pits next year, which will be, um, you know, welcomed. I think we've always spoke about kind of like opening ceremonies. Why haven't we got opening ceremonies, um, you know, at MXGP? So it's kind of, you know, the riders coming out, talking to them, that type of thing. Because obviously they they want crowds to go to the GPs because obviously they're paying for tickets. So the the, the, the local promoters are earning money through through the GPs. Um, so the more that can be done to get more people in there is obviously um, should be a high priority. Mm. Uh, that's what I saw in the US when I was there. I experienced the the opening ceremonies for the first time, and it was so sick. It it's was so cool. You you're not allowed to film it. No one's allowed to film it. Um, like all cameramen or whatever, so you don't actually like it's. It's just to experience in in real life was just so cool, and I, that's why I said in the beginning like they put on such a good show. Like the, the the person singing the national anthem, like everyone was in it, you know, everyone is there for for that, and they, you get so into in into it compared to where you just have a MXGP start and and race. Um, I feel like the show is, is really good. Um, also outside of the racing, like the, the opening ceremonies and, um, yeah, it's, it was really cool. Like on the big screens, they all have the riders doing like a little dance or like saying something funny. And it's just funny to see like the, you get to see the riders in like a little bit different compared to just the, the helmet on. Cause you, you, you don't really get to come close to the riders so often as a person in the stands, you know, so you want to also have a, get a little bit closer to, to a rider in some ways. No, I think yeah, it's definitely more of a concerted effort in America to highlight the personalities of the riders. And then they obviously couple that with their own vlogs, which is obviously like you do and you've done and you will be doing more with James. So hopefully with, with the plans you have, James, highlighting the personalities and the, the, a, lot, a lot of guys are funny guys, have charisma, even the serious ones. It's good just to give them a platform to, to have a voice and to expose, you know, their image and, and heighten it, which all leads to more more exposure for the sport. So can you more give fans. us an insight, James? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just gonna, I'm literally just gonna queue up. It's, yeah. it's just so good. Like, you know, like literally lights, fireworks, riders coming out, big screens, everything. It's just, it's just too good. Yeah, I remember like Kenny, Kenny came out. He came out and obviously the light was the light was on him and stuff and he he went to like one of the first jumps by the start and he like jumped off his bike and he like opened up his kickstarter you know and like this is a big talk for and everyone just goes crazy because and he's like pointing at the kickstarter and then he gets on and he kickstarts it and then he goes <laughs> off again you know everyone just loves this kind of stuff just yeah it's like cool. a little bit of a show for for the fans it's so so cool to see even me i, I, I was enjoying it i was like a little fanboy <laughs> fun boy love it <laughs> yeah so um yeah i think i think there's a lot you know going back to was it jared's question i think there's a lot what you can take from from ama and supercross and what they're doing and bring that across but uh, yeah opening ceremonies i mean you guys should be celebrated you're the best in the world so um you know they need to put you guys on a pedestal yeah i mean i don't really have much to say about it <laughs> I don't feel like I'm like I'm one of the heroes, to be honest. Oh, one one, you're a hero all day. No, you're, I know. You're, I'm, I'm, but I'm, you're like a cult hero to uh, the motocross community now, especially MX Vice. Yeah, I, mean, I to be honest, I'm kind of over this like whole Sardinia thing. I want to kind of make it a, <laughs> a normal, you know. Yeah. I'm just known for one one race, and that's not what I want to be known for. Uh, we got another question here, and just uh, teeing it up from Tom Cumber, Calvin and Steve Stefan, do you prefer the one day format or prefer riding over two days? Well, to me, it's, it's, a, it's a lot. I like to, um, to say that to, you know, to another track is getting rough and, and, and I like, uh, a one day rush especially when you you, you have like, uh, like I mean free practice uh, uh, to check out um, maybe thinking out of, uh, or something else I like better the two Yeah. What about you, Calvin? Yeah, I'm 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 a strong believer in the whole one day format. I, I don't. I think it's we can save so much time and money, like for teams and and for everyone in the paddock. Like you do Europeans, those classes are all on Saturday. Um, Sunday you do all the GP classes. I, we like for me, we have our free practice at eleven. 11:40 on a, on a on a Saturday morning, you know, and then then you have time practice at like two o'clock, and you have the the race at five o'clock. It's such a long day, and then you have have it all over again on the Sunday, you know. Whereas I feel like we start early Sunday morning, eight o'clock. You put out the MX2 guys. Okay, sometimes with the weather and and the light, you can't. Um, but I feel like you can start a lot earlier than than. Um, I mean, most of, most of the times European classes are like 7.30 sometimes in the morning. Start, start early in the morning, 8 o'clock with MX2, um, get us going for free practice. You can even do a free practice and time practice. There's, a, there's enough time for that uh, if you don't have the European classes. 
and then you have the the two motos in one day i think um way better than doing the qualifying race on saturday for for absolutely nothing yeah, I, I, yeah. I agree from a media point of view it's a, it's a lot to to get done like when you're filming it's difficult because you need those two days because uh you've only got free practice time practice in in two races to get all that video content so you know from from a video guy he's gonna say oh two day all, all day long because he can get as much cover like footage as possible but me being media as you know um i i like the one day and i think I think all day Saturday should be European races. So the overseas rounds think about doing something different, maybe have their national championship there on a Saturday or something. I don't know. But um, I mean, that that would be fun. Um, Indonesia, that'd be great. Um, yeah. C90 Honda mopeds or something like that. Um, no, but I strongly believe in this in the one day. I, I experienced it now when I was in the Supercross. You know, they start early. They start early on Saturday. Okay, they go into the night because of the, the the lights and stuff, so it's different. But I still believe, like we've had GPs in the past that have just gone one day because Saturday was a mudder or whatever, and they've cancelled it, um, and it's worked out great. Um, I think, yeah, I, I mean, if you ask ninety percent of the riders in the MX in the MXGP or in the whole paddock, they'll say one day format. Yeah, but like I said, we're not the ones who make the rules, so. Okay, um, Callum Crossland, uh, Steve's Media, has popped in to say, I heard the cost reduction is for home riders. So I guess, and that's to encourage people to enter their home GPs and give them a reduced rate. So, um, okay. yeah, there we go. Uh, Richard Brown, um, scrap the age rules. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go. Let's, let's, let's just, just do it. Um, so obviously, if, um, only, if only we were running MXGP, James, it would last about a week. <laughs> yeah, with you, with you running it, yes. Yeah, it would. Yeah, um, everything would know, be late. Everything wouldn't I, happen. You know, as a Tottenham fan, I'm always moaning about how our team doesn't spend enough money, but they spent 172 million in, in, in we're yeah. But I guess that's the same thing for um, for Infront. Hey, they're they're investing a lot of money. They're putting the infrastructure in. Um, you know, from their point of view, they're saying, hey, we're creating this platform for people to, to to ride in. We're doing our best. You know, everything costs a lot of money and we all get that. It's, and, and we're not here to criticize. We're just here to um, to throw some uh, positive um, contributions towards the series. Yeah, I, I, like... Yeah, for me, I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to talk shit about MXGP at all. Like they're they're putting on a good show for for. I mean, look where I am and what I've done in my career. It's been great for me. Um, I just think that we can improve on many things. And um, I mean, we're just giving our opinion, right? It's nothing bad. I mean, everyone has their everyone has their own opinion. Yeah, opinions are good. Opinions are good. Um, on an MX Vice front, I'd just like to. Um, uh, you know, thank Parts Europe. They recently, uh, this week, have come on board at MX Vice, um, which is fantastic news. So, huge thanks to the Parts Europe team. Um, interesting, their slogan is um, they, they support the sport, and, and they definitely are with um, supporting MX Vice because uh, we had um, last year, we've had quite a few sort of um, long term. Um, brands uh which have moved away from mx vice which is obviously uh, you know hugely disappointing because uh the money what we get from these brands you know as uh, argentina the first round is uh, not a cheap uh, round for uh, jeremy and myself to go to and lug equipment um 
I'm not looking forward to that. I think it's about three thousand pound on flights and gone as well. So um, it's uh, it's an expensive. Um, job for us to do but we love going to mxgp we love giving our insight we love getting some uh, killer videos and we love to give a, a lot of exposure to um uh to the riders and the teams so um huge thanks to parts europe huge thanks to as3 for coming on board this week uh, an amazing performance parts company in the uk um Aturibis have signed up for another uh, 12 months which is great news so the wheels are starting to move and uh, we'll definitely be in Argentina and we'll be there throughout the year to uh, follow Calvin. But it's important that we have um, people like Aturibis, like parts of Europe, uh, who have come on board recently and that just really makes, uh, obviously Ed's very expensive um, and we need to pay him. Um, in obviously Australia, they've Australian, got- Australian dollars. They, they've got a pandemic with koalas at the moment with, they've all got <laughs> the media. It's, it's not good. Um, <laughs> Did you actually, Ed, you didn't know that, did you? I've only heard sort of murmurings about it, to be honest, but yeah. It's a real thing. Google it. it. Google it. I thought they were these cute, furry little koala things, you know, awesome. Maybe like put one under your arm, have as a pet, but they've all got chlamydia. Just rife with chlamydia. Yeah, yeah. So stay away, mate. You yeah, don't touch them. Girls. James already got it. So James is fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can't catch it twice. <laughs> exactly. <Or> can you? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So uh, Aston One Three Nine. What's your thoughts on the WSX series? Um, Hey, I, I went to WSX in Cardiff, and I gotta say, it was freaking awesome. And uh, obviously, the the UK is for the first time it's going to be in uh, Villa Park, which is uh, a great stadium, not as good as Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, but Villa Park will be really good. And it's just going to be nice to see uh, a Supercross, you know, literally uh, on a football pitch. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think WSX have done a, a very good uh, job. You know, Calvin, is that something that you'd probably look at look at doing as, as a transition? Um, if if America doesn't work out next year, then um, do you have WSX? Well, maybe you never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, for me, it's it's it combines with the MHCP season, so it's not possible to do. You know, I think it uh, like overlaps. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't really watch the racing this year. The last, you know, the, the, like the three rounds. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say. About. I don't really know so much on the series. So, no, it's good. Um, we got some more information um, which will be coming up in the next few weeks with WSX, and uh, we'll try and get Mick McEwen from WSX on board as well um, on the podcast, so we can kind of break it down and, and talk to them about what they're going, uh, you know, what they're up to this year, how they're going to take it forward. But they've got some really exciting plans, so um, definitely one to watch. But I think it's healthy for the sport, hey, having another championship. Yeah, always good. It's always good to have. Have a championship, but now they, you, they're coming out with that new Super Motocross Championship as well. Um, I think it's, it's kind of a counter to the WSX thing. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's good to have different championships. Good post money for the riders, which makes the riders want to go. You know, big names there, which means big, a lot of fans. Um, it's always it's always good for the sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm, hopefully we can get and in, in at least get to one of the super motocross rounds um need to check the calendar 
and um, maybe, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts, guys? Would you like to see uh, a US race and, and a Canadian race on the on the on the calendar for MXGP? Australia too. Oh, Australia would be cool. Yeah, I mean, that's when you think of a world championship, Australia, South Africa, US, South Canada. <laughs> let's let's go Australia. Let's go South Africa. Yeah, let's go to the US. Like these three should always be on the calendar. I think. Yeah, I agree. Well, my dream is my dream is to have a GP in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GP in South Africa. I'd like to, I'd like to see Japan return as well. Japan. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. That's also good for the sport because motocross is big in Japan. Well, absolutely. You got the four obviously big manufacturers there. So, um, yeah, it's a real shame that we can't. Uh, I'd like to see that, uh, you know, back on the calendar again. So, yeah, yeah. I'd, maybe we'll maybe next week we'll make up our dream calendar. And we'll uh, send it out to riders, and uh, let's let's get some percentages back of uh, who wants yeah, to go Steph, where. Steph, Steph is lucky that he's born in France, so you have two GPs <laughs> every year, two home GPs every year. Yeah, at least. I, I wonder Steph. how many. Um, <laughs> I wonder how many riders might admit Indonesia. When this year? No, I mean just like take take that off the calendar completely. <laughs> oh, I I like Indonesia. I had my first GP win there, so I, I like it there. <laughs> ah, okay, okay, that's that's fair enough. And it's close to Bali, and we can always have a little bit of time off in Bali in between, so it's good. Yeah, see, I've never experienced Keep this. Keep it on the calendar. I've never experienced this. Hopefully, my wife's not watching, and she doesn't know about things like Bali. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I explained to her that this is really hard work. Traveling, you know, kills me. Um, please don't mention Bali again, ever. So, um, <laughs> but um, no, guys, super appreciate your time. It's great having you on. Um, obviously, this is not quite what we wanted to do. We had some really good features. Um, I'm just going to build that up for next week's show because it's going to take me a week to figure out this new podcast stuff. So, um, but I want to bring you guys back on because I've got uh, I had some really good games for you, uh, a little a little face off. So um, it's it's going to be fun. I'm going to bring you both on. We're going to have some fun. Maybe let you go and play over in Italy for a little while, Calvin, and then um, when you come back, we'll uh, we'll get you back on. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Look forward to the next uh, next time I'm back on. I, I just hope uh, sometimes. Sorry. sorry, Stefan. <laughs> I think next time I will have a better Wi-Fi. Ah, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that'd be cool. We'll um we'll send you over a four G connection to France. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, Hey guys, stay stay safe in the um in the off season. Uh stay injury free and uh looking forward to seeing you both on the line. Cool, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, James. No worries. Yeah, thanks to AS3, thanks to Arma, thanks to Parts Europe. Um and welcome to uh Atribus, who are coming back on for 2023. If you're watching this show, if you're a brand, why are you not on here? Get on here. This is the place to be. This show is going to be every Tuesday night. It's going to be live. We're we're literally live on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, everything. So um, different co-hosts every week. So it should be some fun. So um, thanks again, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, good luck for 2023. Cool. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks. See ya.